afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. The program is designed for someone, well, just like me, because you know there's a lot I don't understand. It doesn't have to be something soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep chapter and verse theological discussion, sometimes a casual front porch style talk with the pastor is the best way to understanding. That's what this program's all about. Today's guest is Andrew Preuss of St. Paul and Trinity Lutheran Churches in Iowa. I have my questions, and I'm sure you have yours. You can send your questions by email at any time to let's talk at kfuo.org or call in during the program. That's at 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area, and that includes Metro East, or anywhere toll-free in the the lower 48 states at 1-800-730-2727. Pastor Preuss, welcome to the porch. Good to be back again. Well, I've got a question for you here. Did you know that today is the first day of summer? Yeah, I did know that. Well, around here we couldn't tell. It's overcast. It's been raining off and on. You know, it's not what I thought of as summer. But, well, yeah, it's here, according to the calendar, the longest day of the year. Yeah. You know, I, I remember when I was a kid, and it seemed that without fail, uh, summer... The first day of summer was the was just the hottest day, one of the hottest days. But then there was one time when it was like it is kind of like today, but it was even colder. It was like a high of sixty and rainy and stuff. I thought this is not summer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it, it was almost um, this date when I graduated from high school. It was in June back in nineteen. <clears throat> yeah, th- that long ago. And I remember we had a cold snap that uh, that day. I, the temperature didn't get out of the 50s. It was just absolutely freezing. But, you know, that brings Freeze. to... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, no, I wasn't saying anything. Uh, well, you know, it brings to mind uh, a question to me here. Because, you know, that was, as I said, you know, we're going in June. We're going into the summer. And, you know, that's the end of the school year. And suddenly the kids are being turned loose. And parents and kids are facing a new challenge. And especially those who have just gotten out of high school, because they're going to have to make some decisions. I mean, they are they going to the military? Are they going in the workforce? Are they going to take a year off? Are they going to go to college? And boy, what, not just personal problems and personal questions, but spiritual as well. And I really wish when I had gotten out of high school that I had taken the time to sit down with the pastor and say, and ask it, what what do you see ahead for me? What are going to be my problems? What are going to be my pitfalls? What do I have to look out for? What do I have for support and help? And I'm wondering, are you running into that same situation as a pastor this time of year? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that uh, you can easily ignore it and then all of a sudden realize that, uh, so for example, you know, kids go up to college and then... You know, you, you, the summer comes and it goes by so fast. And then all of a sudden you wonder, well, where are they? You know, and, and so what I try to do is I try to, I try to think ahead. And so if there's, if there are kids who are even in their junior year of high school, I'll ask, are you thinking about college? Are you thinking about what are you going to do when you're done with school? And I will, um, I'll just try to get, get an idea of where they're going to be. And, um, because my main concern for them is that they find a, a faithful congregation to attend if they're not, if they're moving away. Um, so, 
So what I've, I've, I've even started younger in catechism class and told them that, you know, if, if you are going to go to college, you should talk to me even before, even before you decide where you're going to go, um, you know, to see if, if there's going to be a church for you to go to, you know, and that, that seems, that unfortunately seems to be the, uh, the last thing that a lot of people think about. Um, it's just kind of a passing, uh, a passing thought. What I did, uh, uh, I have one one member who's kind of the family sort of making their way back to church, and, uh, and I'm happy to see that uh, they've kind of been away for a while. And and uh, she just graduated, and and I found, I then I asked her where she's going, and turns out there's a really really solid campus ministry there, and uh, and where she's going, I know the pastor well, and so I was excited about that. So I I just you know sometimes you just have to move quickly. Um, and I, you know, I got, I got her, uh, her email address and sent it to the pastor there and he, and he had him email her and try to get them in contact with a good congregation. So that's first and foremost, but as far as other things go, you know, I think that there is a lot more I could do as a pastor. Um, and, uh, one of them would be to, what I would, what I would love to do is have, have a couple days in the summer where we just get together and maybe we just, you know, just get together and eat and, uh, and visit. And I can talk about the challenges that you face, whether you're going to college or whether it's just that, that milestone in your life where you're growing up and you're now you're, you're entering into adulthood and the temptations that you have to, that you're going to, you're going to, uh, face. But again, that's the kind of stuff that you really got to be, you got to be uh, uh, you got to be prepared for that long in advance, um, because a lot of the temptations that people are going to face right after high school are often temptations that they're already facing, but maybe just at a little bit smaller scale. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, the, things like drugs and alcohol. Um, you know, fornication stuff like that. I mean, that definitely was going on in high school. Uh, so, so those, so those are, you know, if, if, if the summer comes and you see, and you're a pastor and you have no idea where any of your graduates are going, (laughs) well, then you've probably been sleeping. So you, you, you should, uh, I mean, you're never going to, and I understand the challenges too, that people are kind of, they keep to themselves and, and uh, it's easy again to ignore stuff and to let things slip. But you really should know at least what their general plans are, at least if they're going to be in the area um, to, to still c- come to church and be fed and stuff like that. So, But I don't know if you had in mind, you know, other kind of what kind of challenges were, were you thinking of? Well, I'm, I'm looking again at my own experience uh, when I got out of uh, out of college, out of high school, excuse me. Uh, I did not sit down with with an advisor, with a spiritual advisor, and see what was going to happen. I was excited about what lay ahead of me. And Mm -hmm. then when I did go to college, there was no campus ministry at that time. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was one member of the faculty who was LCMS who made an effort to uh, 
gather other Lutheran students to make sure they went to church, but I really, oh. <laughs> I intensely disliked the guy. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. So, so where did you where did you go to college? Oh gosh, uh, I started at Westminster College in Fulton, Missouri, and uh, okay. I took a year off after my junior year, and then I went back to SIU Edwardsville and picked up a degree there. And then I took five years off and went to Northwestern and picked up a master's degree. So, oh, okay, yeah. So, so I was kind of a professional student for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, everyone's different. Um, there's, uh, and that, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing to, you know, like you said, you, you, you didn't really like the guy. And that's, those are the things too that, uh, uh, part of growing up, as you know, and as I know too, is that you, you learn, you learn that the, uh, you know, you, you learn to kind of get a little bit more depth in how you, not just in, in, in the book learning, um, but just in, in the kind of social learning, you know, how to, you know, so a guy gets on your nerves, but you still gotta, you, you still gotta live with them. Right. And, uh, and so those, so maybe those kinds of things too are, are important to talk about to say, you know, as an adult, you're going to find that you, you can't always, you know, just kind of go off in your own click right and your own group of friends and you gotta you have to face face the world and face people who who uh may not be the most uh delightful people to be around or maybe not your preference but you know so maybe that kind of stuff a lot of just sort of practical like kind of growing up <laughs> sort of well it didn't work for me I, <laughs> and uh as, as i said you know i i because i so dislike the guy i i did not want to go yeah. to church with him and since yeah, I fell away from it, uh, which was not a good thing. Yeah. The other thing I thought that was bad was that, uh, in retrospect, uh, was my pastor here in St. Louis did not keep in touch with me while I was in college. Mm, yeah, 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 and that's uh, and that's not good. And and there's there's uh, I know that there are con- some congregations that are really good at. Uh, you know, not just the pastor, and I'm sure the pastor oversees it, but they'll have they'll have people in the congregation who will maybe the ladies' aide does it or someone does it, uh, where they'll they'll make sure that they they find out the nearest you know Missouri Synod Church where these where these kids are going, and they'll uh, they'll send a letter to the uh, to that church and give the information. Uh, of that of that student, so that, I try to do that, um, you know, to to kind of to uh, you get, really the pastor just needs to he needs to get over the fact that that people don't want him in their business. Well, God wants you in their business, so maybe not completely. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to be like knocking on your door every day and making sure that you're that you're only having uh, you know, or that you're 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 only you're only having like enough beer where you're not going to have too much right you know i'm I'm not going to be your babysitter but at the same time i do care about your soul and so yeah that's unfortunate you know and i think that again that's easy i don't want to be too hard on a pastor who who neglects his his duty in that way because i understand it's easy to kind of be discouraged and think oh well what's the point you know there's you know if i people are just gonna i think there's the fear that these young kids they don't want me in their business and the parents often are the parents are often very quiet as well. Um, 
And, uh, and I think that when the, when the parents are quiet, it's very easy for the pastor to get kind of intimidated and to think, oh, well, maybe they don't want me in their business either. And uh, so it, probably the biggest challenges for the, you know, for the pastor and for the congregation as a whole is to really develop a culture of transparency, a develop a culture of, of openness <clears throat> where we talk about these things. And, uh, and I, you know, interestingly, what, what, where I found the best opportunity to do that is kind of the drive-by when people are coming out of church. And, <laughs> and okay, can you unpack them, that? You know, unpack that. What do you mean by a drive-by after church? No, the drive-by, you know, when people are shaking your hand after church, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's where um, you can, you can, uh, you, that, that's, that's the best place, by the way, to, crit- to make a, a, a gripe, a, bring up a gripe to your pastor. I'm just kidding. That's the worst place to do it. Um, you know, the, the drive-by complaints and stuff. <laughs> no, but, uh, but what the, the, the pastor can, um, can use that to sort of say, Hey, so how's it going? Are you, now you're in, you're, you're what, a junior this year or what you're, you're graduating this year. So what's your plan? You know, and, and it's kind of small talk, but you get, you get a little bit of that connection to kind of open them up a bit. And, and, you know, these teenagers can be really quiet and there's, you know, it's funny how, uh, other things too, that I've done is, um, I've, I've tried and it just depends on, you know, I would love to do this with everyone, but you know, some are just more willing than others, but I've, I've tried to even have some of these kids over, you know, when they're home for the weekend or something, or maybe just have them over uh, for a fire at my place and, uh, and try to talk to them. But, but when they're coming out at church, those are the times where I really try to kind of break the ice and, um, you know, cause it's, and I don't know if you know what I mean here, but it's very easy to, to just kind of become cynical because teenagers can be really quiet. They can be really to themselves and there's just kind of that awkward age and the pastor just needs to get over that. You know, he needs to be an adult about it and say, well, I don't, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ask them questions. I'm going to talk to them and eventually hopefully we can get through, but you also got to go to the parents too and ask them, okay, where is your son or daughter uh, going after school? And, and don't be afraid to ask those questions because that is your, if you're a pastor, that is your business. And if even as a fellow member of the congregation, that is your business, you know, where you're felt, you are your brother's keeper. Right. And, uh, and so I think developing a culture of openness where the pastor is able to, you know, not just say, hello, good morning, but ask people questions as they're coming out. You know, you don't want to hold up the line where people are never able to get out, but, you know, just try to, try to, you know, develop that skill of sort of, you know, breaking the ice a bit and and starting a conversation that you can continue, you know, later on. And, um, you know, those, and and then encouraging the other, other members to, to talk about these things and to, to care about these things. And, uh, so, so that's, uh, that's probably the, the, those two things is making sure that they, that they have a good church to go to, but then also trying to develop this open, this open culture, this culture of, of honesty, where we can actually talk about these things and not be afraid to step on people's toes because we're asking them too personal of questions, like where they go to church on Sunday, you know, I mean, give mm-hmm. me a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also, I suspect, um, Part of it is you read body language in the uh, in the in the drive-by. You know, you can tell if somebody yeah. has something on their mind and they just haven't quite spit it out yet. 
Yeah, and that's very difficult to do with teenagers because they're, you know, they're they're hyped up on hormones and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> no, and <laughs> and they're just like, you know, they're they're just kind of it's just crazy. I I, I mean, I guess when I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, I was a little, I was more open. Um, I was always, I mean, my, everyone who knew me would, would say, yeah, that Andrew talks a lot, you know? So I was never really afraid to talk to adults. Um, but I, it, it, it really is a, a common thing for, for most, I think teenagers just have kind of this, it's difficult for them to really open up. And, uh, like there's this one kid, there's one young, young man who is one of my parishioners who I thought that he just was a super quiet kid. And then I was talking to his brother and he's like, no, he talks all the time. And he's just like, won't stop talking. Like in his classmates, like, yeah, he's always talking in class. I'm thinking, wow. So, you know, sometimes it just takes a while to just really try to break in. And that's why you can't, I mean, you gotta be working on these kids as soon as possible and really try to develop that relationship with them. And, and, uh, you know, there's a great prayer, in the uh, in the old TLH agenda, it's a, it's a pastor's prayer, and I don't pray it enough. It's a, it's a really good prayer, and it's really long. But there's a section in there where you're praying for the youth, and you're praying that you pray that you uh, not be too tough on them where they get discouraged, but also not be too too uh, lax with them where they where they are led to uh, be disrespectful, right? And so it's just it's a difficult it's a it's a very, uh, it's a very delicate time of life. For, I think for most, for most uh, kids that age, that age. But again, it's just like I said. If, if if it's summertime, and you don't know where the high school graduates are are going, you know, unless you just got there, you know, well, you 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 probably should check and see how how well you've been communicating. Yeah, we had, um, my church had a very active youth group. This was back in the days of the Walther League, and we did have a youth mm-hmm. director who was a wonderful lady. Uh, but she had left about the same time I left for college, and so there was nothing to follow up. And that was uh, that was a shame. I had some very good memories of the uh, of the Walther League. Uh, yeah. Well, and, you know, the youth groups can be a great blessing, but, but I think it does us well to, to uh, you know, always always critique, have a healthy critique of how we can do things better. Um, one thing that I just, I thought was strange when I, um, I grew up, I grew up, it, the church where I grew up was, um, you went to Sunday school, you got confirmed and you confirmed in eighth grade, um, which, you know, some people might want to have it a little younger than that. And that's another discussion. Um, but, uh, but anyway, you get confirmed in eighth grade and then that's sort of like a rite of passage where you go to adult Bible class. And so there's the pastor. So, I mean, so I'm, I'm all for, you know, the youth doing stuff and having like, you know, having the, 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 the youth get together and build those relationships. But I think that one way that, 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 uh, one thing that we should not oversee and we should be very careful that we're not doing is, is driving, any sort of wedge between the pastor and the uh, and 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 these 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 kids these these teenagers because it's such an important developmental time of their lives that they should have as much exposure to the pastor as possible because the pastor probably didn't contact you. Um, I mean, who knows? He still should have contacted you, but he probably didn't have all that much exposure to you outside of like Sunday morning worship service. 
And, you know. Well, he was the so, one who I mean, confirmed I me. I mean, I went to confirmation class. I was there every Sunday. Sure. I was very active in the in the Walther League. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, and I assume that, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you would you would know more about how all that went, how all that uh, took place, um, you know, what the arrangement was of all that. But, you know, of course, confirmation, that's like middle school, right, junior high. Oh, yeah. But yeah. then you get to high school. And so you go to high school and you got a youth, you, you got, uh, and I don't know if this all was there, but, but a lot of churches, they'll have a youth Bible class that's not taught by the pastor. <clears throat> and, uh, which I'm not saying is like in itself wrong, but it's, is, is that really the best way to go about it? You know, is, is there, I would prefer, um, you know, in my opinion, I'd, I, I would say that the best thing for them is to go to adult Bible class, learn to be adults. By being around adults as much as possible, it's it, it's important for them to be around each other. But they, but in being around each other, it's good for them to be around the adults as well, so they learn together to kind of emulate the adults and to have that exposure with their pastor in the way that everyone else is, right? And so I I, I think one of the one of the short sights um, of uh, of of our church culture in in years past is kind of like the, the, the habit to sort of segregate. Um, you know, you have, and, and you see it, you see it with, uh, even with like worship services, um, you know, sometimes, uh, I know some churches will, will have Sunday school, like during church or something like that. And so, or you have like a separate service for the kids, a separate service for like certain, this certain group and that group. And, or you have, you know, you got these men's, men's organizations, women's organizations, youth organizations, which again, aren't, they're not wrong, but it's, we got to kind of be wise about it and say, okay, well, are we, you know, it's nice to get together with those who we have things in common with, but we remember that we are a body of Christ together. So like these teenagers, they're kind of doing kid stuff and then they're doing teenage stuff. And I don't know how much they realize that church is for, them to grow into adults and so by the time then they get to that stage of adults they associate church with like oh yeah so i did stuff when i was a kid and then i was a teenager and then now i'm done i bet there's a real danger in that i think you know where they okay i'm no longer a kid i can do whatever i want and i think there's a real danger there with that and part of that is saying well gee do i really need to go to church anymore yeah well and if you associate church with just like and again like don't get me wrong youth group is fun right but we we just got to be we we just got to have this in mind that if you associate church with just youth group, you know, well then you're not a youth. Well then what do you do? <laughs> you know. So we I think that it would be good for us to really intentionally try to uh, uh, g- give these kids as much exposure to w- what everyone else is doing. And so you know, going to Bible class, um, you know, and and even like when they turn. You know, when, 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 uh, when, like when I was, uh, when I was a kid, uh, uh, I would, um, you know, I would, I would, I would start ushering after I was confirmed, stuff like that. Or the girls would, you know, go to, go to, start going to ladies aid, you know, or, or just kind of, or just it, not even like necessarily in these organizational kind of things, but just kind of developing an open culture where the, the, the young men are emulating the older the older men and they're looking up to them and the young women are, are, are emulating looking up to the, to the older women and, and to have, and again, you don't need like 
specific programs to do that or specific, you know, like I'll have them usher or have them, have them go and, you know, you know, do the quilts or something with the ladies, that's fine. But just to have things like that, to, to, uh, to encourage the, a, a, uh, an open kind of, you know, full body of Christ relationship, man, that sounds super like cheesy the way I said that, but, but still it's, you know, the, for them to know and learn from a young age that church is that church is for all ages and that there is a that they're in it together and so that when they so that they don't simply associate church with Sunday school youth group okay now I go to college right <laughs> Yeah, I hear that. Well, we got to take a little break now, but I've got, I, I want to discuss this a little bit further on the other side because I've got some questions here and hopefully we can get them answered. This is Pastor Mark Azil, the LCMS Director of Campus Ministry and the Chancellor of LCMSU, inviting you to join us right here on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. in the Student Union. If you can't make it, Student Union is always available as a podcast at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help. Wednesday afternoon at 2 on KFUO. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. The prophet Isaiah chapter 55 verses 10 and 11. Begin and conclude your day with the word that accomplishes the purposes for which it is sent. Morning prayer at 7 a.m. and evening prayer at 5 p.m. Weekdays on KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. The broadcasts of morning prayer and evening prayer are underwritten by Lutherans for Life. Theodore Dostoevsky, a renowned novelist of the 19th century, was raised in a devout Russian Orthodox home. The details of his life often as dark as the subjects of his novels. The Brothers Karamazov is a story of greed and vengeance in the conflict of a father and his four sons, one a Christ-like figure who desires to put Christian love into practice. In the novel, the Russian monk says to visitors, What a book the Bible is! What strength is given it to man! Forgive my tears, for I love the Bible. In her memoir, his wife wrote, Often, when he was in deep thought, he would open the New Testament. Only in that book did he find support. Whenever he resorted to it, he was filled with new energy and strength. Engage with the Bible in the stories surrounding this book of all books. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. 
Well, welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I am program host Kip Allen. Pastor today is Pastor Andrew Price from St. Paul and Trinity Lutheran Churches in Iowa. We are discussing, well, summer and all sorts of things happen, especially for children. End of school, perhaps looking forward to the beginning of college. A lot of things. It's a major change in their lives. And so how does the pastor react? How did the child react? How do the parents react? If you have questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can do it by email at let's talk at kfuo.org, or you can call in if you're in the St. Louis area. That's area code 314-821-0850. That includes Metro East. And if you're in the lower 48, you can give us a call at 1-800-730-2727. Uh, Pastor Preuss, I want to move back a little bit here. I, you know, we've been talking about about the teenagers and the how they face their problems and how you face those but let's talk a little bit about the younger children as well you know one of my one of my favorite movies is kindergarten cop and <laughs> i love that one <laughs> and there's a marvelous <laughs> i tell you schwarzenegger actually turned a pretty pretty good comedic actor <laughs> yeah but uh, there's this one line that where he's talking to another teacher uh and he says, well, you know, this is this is why I want to be kindergarten teacher. That's where the action is. That's where I could really reach them. And I'm thinking that this is probably the same thing true about what we're talking about. Now, we, we obviously know there's what's going on with the teenager or we know what we don't know. But what about the younger kids? How do you prepare them for the summer? Are we talking about, uh, golly, is there a Bible class that they want to go to? Uh, is there a uh, church basketball league or baseball? What about the parents? Do they have any kind of uh, things planned for them? Vacations? Are there churches where they're going? Are these the types of questions that you ask uh, or you, you need to know? Again, to help for the, these, the well-being of these kids, because now they're suddenly being turned loose from school. Oh, boy, summer vacation. Whee! I know that's the way I was at any rate. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I like to, the way you the way you get to the kids, and again, this gets to my point before about segregation, segregating, we got to be careful not to segregate the kids too much from, from the rest of the church life. The best way to get to the kids is through the parents. And, uh, and so, you know, if... It, Youth, like I, I've brought kids on youth trips and stuff like that, and you know they're they're fun and they can be very very beneficial. But uh, but if it it can subtly easily turn into just kind of a babysitting kind of thing, right? And so the same thing can happen with with the with the little kids. Um, you know things like BBS and stuff like that can, you know they're they're uh, they're beneficial, but they can they can easily they can easily do more harm than good. And, uh, and, and, and so what I, what I try to do is, uh, first of all, when the kid, when the kid is born, I go to the parent's house and meet with them for at least an hour. And I go through their responsibilities as parents, um, and what baptism is, you know, usually in preparation for, for baptism and have a little Bible study with the parents and give them a catechism and tell the father, this is your responsibility to, uh, to, to lead your family in, 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 in learning of, of the catechism and encourage the mother on things that she can do, you know, with, with uh, praying with the kids and saying, telling Bible stories and stuff like that. And, and that, that's where it all needs to begin. And uh, we can't simply rely on, you know, we're going to have this or that event um, and, and uh, it's going to get everyone together. And, and it might, it might, 
perfectly be uh it might be a perfectly good fine thing to do and nice and fun and all that stuff but but it doesn't really it doesn't really uh uh accomplish our our long term goals if we're if we're simply relying on kind of the pump and uh and an energy of like a one week of VBS or something like that. Right. So, so things that I've done, uh, when it comes to having events for the, for the children is one thing that we started doing actually is, uh, we have a thing called a family vacation Bible school. We did it last year and we're going to, we're still planning when we're going to do it this year. Um, and it's really simple. Um, we meet in the evening with all the families and the kids get together and they play, and you know they go play in the playground together, but they all get the we all get, we all gather, and I have a devotion geared toward the children, and sh- show and by doing this I show the parents how to have devotions with their kids and how to engage their kids so that they're there seeing this, and it's not just you know showing up at the end of a week to see the program from VBS, right? So I mean again this gets back to what I was saying before about that while you know, not to put down any anyone or put down the things that we've done in the past, but rather we should we should be willing to kind of be critical of and and and, and be constructively critical and say, okay, what are things that we can do uh, differently? And I think what we need to remember is that, okay, what's the first? Whether we're talking about youth group or or child development education committee or whatever, what's the first youth group? Uh, slash child development education committee or whatever you want to say, or edu- yeah, uh, Christian education committee that God instituted. What's actually the one that God instituted? It's oh, mom baptism. and dad. Oh, well, it's in yeah. baptism, but it's it's mom and dad, right? So who are the ones? Who is the first youth group director ever? Mom and dad, Adam and Eve, right? Right. Okay, <laughs> so I see. It. It, so so it's fine to have like you know we have other pious people in the congregation who help out with this, these things, and we should certainly utilize them and their talents and, and gifts. But we need to we need to get to the parents and have the parents be the main ones who are who are who are cultivating in these children um, a way of thinking um, about uh, uh, thinking like Christians. And uh, and so like you know you, so you can have again lots of events and stuff like that that are fun. Um, and I'm, I'm all for that, but those things should flow out of the, 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 the kind of the culture that has already been instilled from the time that they were born, um, and baptized in their home. And so that's where I've realized that the best way to, to get to these children is to get them young, but not apart from the parents, Right. Not as like so the parents can drop them off and then go do their own thing and then we'll yeah you're not a babysitter you're not a babysitter yeah so and even if even if during that quote unquote babysitting I'm giving them good theological you know sound theological instruction that I mean even with that you know it 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 still is I mean that's good and we should do that but that's still not going to be the silver bullet you know. the uh, the best the the best thing to do is to get the parents as much involved in their children's lives as a regular daily thing, um, and so so things that I've done also then is like I mentioned having kids having kids over or young men over or young men and women over and having a fire um, and just talking. Um, uh, another thing that that I've done is I've 
I, I try to have parents over. And again, I haven't gotten to all of them, but or at least go and visit with them and and show just our everyday lives. We don't need to plan a bunch of have a big agenda and what we're going to do. Just just come over, you know. We'll smoke a cigar and our kids will run around. You you don't have to. I'll smoke one, you know. And uh, you know th- this is th- and just be just be who you are and show them who you are um, and 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 get be a good example for them. Um, for the parents. And again, I mean, that, like you said, I mean, it goes way back to chi- to their childhood. And, and so the ministry to the youth is just as much a ministry to the family. It's, it's a ministry to the, to the whole institution of mom and dad um, and, uh, and even grandmas and grandpas and, 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 and encouraging them then to, to, uh, to learn to fish, right? Because you, you, if you're if you're just doing if you're just having like one event where you can drop your kids off and then we're gonna we'll we'll give them some some good instruction and then they'll have fun that's fine but that's like giving a man a fish right and that's good sure give a man a fish but you know how the saying goes teach him to fish and he'll eat the rest of the, the every day right so 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 you give a man to, you you give a man a fish he'll eat for one day you teach him to fish and he'll and he'll continue to eat, right? Because he actually knows how to fish. So it's about equipping not just these kids in their own kind of segregated ghetto of youth, but equipping the parents um, from a very young age of their family so that they learn and grow together. Um, and, and in those ways, like the pastor, in many cases then, if the parents are really on top of things, they're going to tell you, this is where my kids go into college, and can you find a good church for them? Right? You know, I, think, gonna, they, I think you really nailed ahead. something right here. Uh, is the concept of the family unit. This is how you instruct the kids as well. And and we society, unfortunately, is, is redefining the family unit. And it is, it is breaking down, and I think we're seeing a lot of adverse effects to it. And I think this is one area where the church and the pastors certainly have a, an enormous role to play in yeah. in maintaining yeah. the family unit and not just maintaining it, but explaining why this is a God-ordained unit. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you know, we we get, we, we all want outreach. Um, if you don't want outreach, then you don't want people to believe the gospel. So obviously we all want if you're a Christian, you want outreach, but outreach and may we may, might we say in reach um, go together, and or, or in reach or maybe just call it cultivation. You cultivate a culture of Christians of Lutherans who actually think like like uh, like biblical-minded people who know what the Lutheran confessions are. Um, like these kids should, and this is a challenge. This is a big challenge, and this is why. A pastor uh, often needs to be there for a while to, to, to see any fruit. Um, but 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 my goal for these kids is for them to at least be familiar with the large catechism, and before they even think about going to college. I mean, I read I read the Book of Concord when I was 16, and yeah, okay, I ended up being a pastor. I was really interested interested in theology, but I'm not saying necessarily you got to read the whole thing by the time you're 16, but you should at least you should at least know, make, make your way through the, the large catechism and, and have and, and small catechism as a regular 
daily conversation that you're having in, in daily life. I hadn't um, thought of that because, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, and I, I, I went through the small catechism and I, I kept that my whole life. But I have to say, I've never really gone through the 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 uh, the, the large catechism. I certainly have never read the uh, Book of Concord, although I've I, I've done a lot of work with it here. You know, where sometimes I run the board up for the program uh, uh, Concord Matters, uh, mm-hmm. and some fascinating discussions have come up from that. But I have to mm-hmm. say, it's. It, it, and it was not really inculcated in me that I needed to do much more beyond the small catechism. I think you've really hit on something there. Can you expand yeah. on that? Yeah, well, and the large catechism, in the Formula of Concord, uh, they refer to the large catechism as the layman's Bible. And it was meant to be that constant companion for the layman um, to, to, to bring him into Scripture so that he not to replace the Scriptures with the large catechism, but rather to have that companion. Um, you know, people used to carry their hymnals around wherever they went. You know, the, the, the Anglicans would carry their, like Dr. Stevenson from the seminary I went to would tell us that, you know, the Anglicans, they didn't have, they didn't have books of common prayer in the pews necessarily. People just had their own and they'd come to church with their book of common prayer. Right. So to have that, what I'm really excited about, and I'm planning on getting these for my, for my catechumens, is CPH just came out with a really nice pocket edition of the small catechism and the large catechism, leather bound with uh, uh, beautiful, uh, you know, woodcut, uh, you know, drawings with, uh, that, within it to kind of help bring you into the scriptures and the Bible stories as you're reading the catechism. And to be able to have that as that just constant companion, that that's part of your life, um, that kind of culture, if you have that kind of culture, then you're not really going to worry too much when the kid graduates. You're going to know you're going to be 20 steps ahead already, um, and so are they. And so, it's, it's, it, you know, we want to, if we can get away from just the pastor saying, oh, shoot, so what were your plans this summer? But instead, get get to, if you're prepared enough, get to the point where it's like, oh, so, uh, you know, Jimmy is coming up to you and saying, I'm thinking about going to this school but I want to know, are they going to have a, a, a good church there that actually uses the catechism and, and, uh, and is going to be teaching me this kind of stuff? I mean, if you've gotten to that point, well, then you have, you have a mature congregation, um, and, and, and not just in the older people, but in the younger people as well. And that, again, I mean, that, that's what I pray for. I, I, I pray for that, and I work, I, I work toward that. And by God's grace, uh, he does give it here and there. But it's it's hard work, and especially like you said, with the breakdown of the home, you know, a lot of these kids don't really have a mom and a dad, right? They might have uh, just a mom, or maybe just a dad, um, or they're living kind of you. They got uh, living in separate homes, stuff like that. That makes that gives, that's a challenge there too, right? Oh, it's and, a huge uh, challenge. But uh, but to, but but we shouldn't give up, and and that's why the pastor can't do it on his own, and so it's a it's a good thing for. Like, I really try to encourage the older people in my congregation who might not even have children of their own or their kids are all grown up um, to, to, uh, to consider these as their brothers and sisters and to engage them, not just small talk, but theologically, and just try to just talk theology with them. You know what? We've got a caller on the line, Cheryl, from Indianapolis. I think she's got some, uh, maybe some answers for us here. She wants to talk about children's Bible. Cheryl, Cheryl, welcome back to the program. Good to hear from you. 
Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a grandparent now. I was, <laughs> but um, I um, recently found this uh, new resource available from CPH called the Growing in Faith Bible. Mm-hmm. Part of it, but um, the the thing that I like about it is that each book of the Bible has the question: How do we see God's love in whatever book it is? And then on the next page, they have a parent connection. Knowing about Jesus is not enough. That's the one for uh, the book of John. But they have different ones, and they're a message to the parents that your children are going to be growing up. And, you know, just I think it's really good, real, really well done. They go through big words. They go through Christ. Uh, uh, like where Christ is shown, like in the Old Testament, they have a verse for life all over the place, and and the illustrations are really good. The the one that's for the the reading that's coming up this Sunday, um, uh, where uh, Jesus uh, heals the man who is uh, um, assaulted by all the many demons, and uh, Jesus comes to him and casts the demons out into the pigs. And then he he tells the man who is now in his right mind, fully clothed, and at Jesus' feet to go and tell what God has done for you. And the man goes and tells what Jesus has done for him. But it has an illustration that shows how the man is suffering and Jesus coming to him. And um, I, I think the illustrations are really well done, and the parent connections are really well done. And this is for ages 6 to 10. And this this is a pretty critical age for kids, I think. Pastor, I think uh, Cheryl's really hit upon a couple of things here about this actually being a very critical age and also the importance of pictures for those young children. Yeah, that's right. You know, it it reminds me of um, back when Luther Luther got back from Wartburg Castle and he saw that Karlstadt, his uh, estranged colleague, had... uh, you know, destroyed all these statues and stuff saying you shouldn't have a graven image. And, and so, you know, Luther, uh, Luther wrote, wrote a tract, uh, called, uh, against the heavenly prophets, you know, against these enthusiasts who wanted to just destroy all the, all of the sculptures, um, of, of Jesus and the saints. And Luther, one of the arguments he made in there was that we shouldn't destroy these things because they actually teach the, the, especially the youth. And even like the crucifix, right? I mean, we have a, we have crucifixes on our walls, and during supper, I'll point to the crucifix and ask my son, my two-year-old, you know, who's that? That's Jesus. What did he do? You know, he died on the cross, to take away my sins, right? And they have that 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 visual. So yeah, that's that sounds like a great resource there, you know, to and to get the kids into the Bible stories that that they that's so critical for them to know these basic Bible stories. And how, and especially how the Old Testament points to Christ and how Christ fulfills it. And that, I mean, if you think about it, that stuff's fun. Like, when is Bible class fun? When you, when you study, you know, like, it's when you can see that it actually has to do with Jesus and your salvation and how Christ is there all the time. Um, you know, that I think a lot of times, especially I think of the book of Leviticus, and you ask people, what do you think of the book of Leviticus? And they say, oh, it's super long, it's got all these rules and regulations and it just seems kind of boring well then when you actually get get in and see how it all points to christ then it 
it opens it up and it's exciting. And what better time to show this kind of stuff than at, you know, that age, that young age, six to 10, even younger, although six is around when they can really start paying attention to the, to the Bible stories. So yeah, that's great. You know, I remember, I agree. I remember, and this is, I hadn't thought of it in a long time, but Cheryl just reminded me of this. When I was a very young child, I remember my mother would always used to read to me from Hurlbut's uh, story of the Bible. And it it was wonderful. I mean, just, I, I could just, you know how I could picture the uh, what the Bible was talking about, and I used to lo- love to look forward to the uh, to the next story, to the next chapter. You know, and, and then sometimes I'd have to beg my mother to read more of it, and it was uh, it was a wonderful yeah. experience. I and I really need to thank Cheryl for reminding me of that. Yeah, no, that that and another thing that's really important too, and I, I'm I. Uh, I haven't. I don't know if I've seen this specific one that she was referring to, but um, but one thing that's that's also really critical for for kids at a young age learning the Bible stories is to to learn the maps. You know, so you, you just kind of get to know at least generally sort of the the geographical. Oh, I love that. My Bible had all those maps. You know, everything from from the the layout of the temple to the, the how the yeah. kingdoms were broken up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and for these kids to be able to like, even to be able to draw a picture of the tabernacle slash temple and be able to kind of identify, okay, where's the Ark of the Covenant? Where's the most holy place? Where's the holy place? Where's the court? You know, where's the altar? You know, these kinds of things. And to be able to, you know, really see how the scriptures are opened up to them and pointing them to Christ uh, is, uh, that's really, that's the most critical thing. Because the reason why I was the reason why I was interested in theology wasn't just because it was some like nerdy kind of, uh, you know, you know, just mere academic interest for me. I mean, I, I don't think I was really a nerd uh, growing up. I was more of a jock if anything, but I was interested in learning more theology because it all pointed to Christ and it all comes together. And so to, to show, to, to get the parents involved in showing their children and even learning with their children how the scriptures all come together in the person, um, our Lord Jesus Christ, and the salvation that He has offered, that He has that He has, has won for us by His offering on the cross for our sins. I mean, that is that that's always relevant because these kids they they have sin, and as they get older, they're going to realize more and more the sin sinful nature that they have, and so that's the most crucial crucial thing, critical thing is to to teach these kids and and get them to 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 understand how how relevant the gospel the forgiveness of sins is to them and that especially now in their life when they're going to go off to college or they're going to go off and into the workforce or they're going to you know uh, just kind of go into adulthood th- that they or they're going to mo- I mean they're going to they're going to look for a spouse Right, that's another important thing that we should teach them. Luther talks about this in his large catechism: is, is preparing them to find a good spouse and not just find someone that they like. And then, and then before you know it, you marry someone who's you know doesn't really care about God's word, you know. And, and so that's a disaster. So we got to prepare them for these things. But in all of this, have at the center that they they're going to struggle with their sin. That they're going to have temptations. They're going to they're going to fall into sin. Um, but that Christ is there to forgive them, to strengthen them, to give them his, to give them an increase of His Spirit through the means of grace, 
uh, to, to fight temptation and to live the Christian life with a good conscience. And to know that the, health, the help is out there. Uh, that, that's another thing. Uh, you know, we do, the, there's a fact that we even ran a, a, a promo for it at the break uh, for uh, the, with uh, uh, Pastor Marcus Zill on, yeah. uh, on his program uh, about, the, about the kids, about going, the student union it's called. And I love his, his phrase, college is tough, you need Jesus, we'll help. Oh, man, yeah. is that true. Yeah, and I and I had I was very fortunate to have uh, a campus ministry um, where I was with a very faithful pastor, and and it's true you need Jesus. I mean, there's there's uh, you you can't put it any 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 more in, in any more basic terms than that. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's so true. Uh, college is tough, not just in the academics, but but uh, even more so in, in like I said in the temptations. In, in you know, part of the worst thing about growing up, and I'm st- I still experience this to this day, and I'm sure you do too, um, is learning how much you fail. Oh and, boy! Uh, you know, I see that in in Psalm 25, I think, or 27. I get those two mixed up. Where David says, "Forgive me for the sins of my youth." Right? You know that you you realize how much as you grow up, how how sinful you really are, and how much you really do need Jesus. And so this is. This is, uh, you know, to cultivate that in them at an early age that they need the forgiveness of sin on a regular basis and to take joy in that. Well, then they're going to be they're going to be running to you asking, where can I go to a faithful church that's going to preach to me the gospel? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's hope that it works that way. You know, I I, going back on and not necessarily sins, but I mean, it was it was kind of a crisis point for me. I remember my freshman year, uh, I was in my dormitory and uh, I was reading the Bible on my time. I was sitting down there reading the Bible, and my roommate comes in, and boy, did he rag on me just for reading the Bible. He just really, really lit into me for that. It was just, uh, I, I still remember that. And it was, I, I was embarrassed that I didn't tell him where to go. I should have. Yeah, well, no, that's, that, I'm glad you, you brought that up. I mean, that, cause that, that is what the persecution is that they, they, they have to be prepared to face that we need to teach them what persecution actually looks like today and what kind of things that they should be prepared for. And even just something as simple as like, well, you're embarrassed to pray when you go to a restaurant mm-hmm. because people might see you praying. It's like, well, there is the flesh being intimidated by the world that is going to look at you as weird because you're praying to God. And that's what, the, and those kinds of things are the things that you, that when you when you get this is why it's so important you know to have a good faithful campus ministry or just a good church nearby um, with 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 a group of friends from the college who can go together to church you grow together you learn to to suffer together you learn to take comfort together in the in 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 Christ and uh, I mean to do that alone especially for your roommate to come in and ridicule you for reading the Bible. And to not then have a support of other students to go to church with you, that's, I mean, it's amazing that it's amazing that you stayed in the faith, right? And like you said, you kind of fell away for a while, but that there's... Oh, God led me. Yeah, well, that is, it's such, it's so easy to fall away. Uh, especially when you have that kind of pressure. Yeah. Well, I hate to tell you, but we're about out of time, Pastor. 
This has been great. Thanks for joining me on the front porch. Please call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.